Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. Well, good morning, everyone. I am Kate Volman. Um, for those that don't know me, I'm Kate Volman. I'm the CEO of Floyd Consulting. Um, I am, my team and I, we work with organizations to help them build dynamic cultures so people love coming to work and accomplishing great things together. Um, and I also started a newsletter called Massive Optimism. So if you want to receive three to five ideas to inspire you every week, you can go to massiveoptimism.club and sign up for that. You can also get that link over on my Instagram bio. And I just have a question. I'm so curious because I know a lot of you know that I, I really love journaling. How many of you journal? Can you just flash your mics if you are a journaler? All right. I, I hear some mics. I see some mics. All right. Christina and Linnell and Tom and Ella. All right. Cool. Lots of journalers. Lots of journalers. I like it. Okay. Awesome. I, you guys know I love journal journaling. I love journaling prompts. I actually just updated my, I used to have 15 journaling prompts and now I have 77 journaling prompts to explore creativity and inspire action. And I just believe that when we journal, we find so much about ourselves and we get to know a little bit more about ourselves and our purpose. 
right? Especially when we're talking about our purpose and our intention of our life, we can get so scattered in our mind that sometimes all we really need to do is sit, journal, just let it out, let it go. And so if you want to get those, you can head over to my Instagram, but um, journaling prompts are found everywhere. They're literally just like a thought that you have that you need to kind of meditate on a little bit. Um, and so I'm a huge fan of journaling, especially when you're going through something like finding your, your purpose or kind of figuring out what you want next year to look like. You know, what do you want next year to look like? I was, um, I was doing a journaling prompt the other day and it was, oh gosh, it was, what will I commit to doing next year? What will I commit to doing next year? And I started journaling and oh my gosh, you guys, I was like, I'm committing to a lot of things. This is a lot. So I actually turned the journaling prompt from what will I commit to doing this year? Because I realized I was really putting a lot of, of things on that list to, uh, and I changed the prompt in the middle to uh, what do I really want? Like, what do I really want? There are so many things that I could be doing. And I don't know if David Hill is still in the room. I don't think he is. But, you know, when he shared, kind of he goes in different directions. You know, I think it's this idea that we have to kind of pick something and really be present with it and, and go with it. And sometimes I feel like a lot of us are very high achieving type A individuals and we can kind of put so much on our list and then we get frustrated because we're not achieving everything when instead we just choose, hey, what is the, re what is the one thing that we can really focus on that's going to make a huge impact in our life? Um, so today... I, did, I wasn't just going to go into journaling, although apparently that was my little rant for a little while because I'm just a big fan of it. But I really wanted to share today a little bit, and I want to get some, uh, I want to open up the mics and hear from all of you because one of the things that I like to do at the towards the end of the year is uh, kind of look at uh, kind of what I've learned, you know, kind of the people that I've met, who's made an impact in my life, some of the things that I've learned, some of the lessons that I've learned, some things that I've learned, some things that I've relearned, right? Like we learn, we relearn a lot of things that we have to apparently kind of relearn um, more, more than once until we really understand it and also just relearn it in the different situations that we're in in our lives to help us grow. And I also look, so I look at the people, I look at what I've learned, and then I look at the books that I've read. Because the, the books that we read are so important. They kind of shift our mindset. The books that we read make such a huge impact in our life. They kind of guide us in different directions. They open our eyes to things that we didn't know before. And I am such a, a huge reader. And so I love kind of looking at the books and which books did I really like and what did I get out of each one and what can I take, what tools can I take from each one and, and move them into, into next year. And I also kind of go on this uh, journey of what do I really want to learn next year? What do I want to learn next year? Because there are, there, I don't know if you're, if you're the same way, but for me, what I felt like, not, not this year as much because I switched it up, but I feel like over the years, I get really into personal development. Like I've always been really into personal development. So I've read all of those, you know, like the Think and Grow Rich and Dale Carnegie's and the thing, um, How to Win Friends and Influence People and, and Atomic Habits and all the books that everyone kind of collectively reads. And at some point, I'm just like, okay, I want something different. Like what else can I learn that I'm not learning because I'm so stuck in my little tunnel? in my tunnel vision of what I like learning about, right? So it's like, do, you, do I want to study NFTs? Do I want to learn more about crypto? Do I want to learn about, more about art? And how can you take a look at the books that you're reading and say, hey, what else can I be reading that's going to really expand my knowledge in a direction that maybe I'm not even that interested in? And so one of the things that we can do is we can start reading more autobiographies, which is amazing because now you're not only learning something, but you're getting someone's experience of a particular thing. So I started reading this autobiography of Tom Petty. I started, which, hey, Tom Petty's great. I'm not like the biggest fan of his, but um, obviously an incredible artist and musician. And so I thought, oh, he's got an interesting story. And so I started reading that. I started reading... Um, Dave Grohl as well, which again, I'm not the biggest fan of his, but I thought he's an interesting person, right? In, an, in a music uh, genre that is not, I'm, again, I'm not a super fan, but 
I'm, I really value artists in a lot of different ways, artists and uh, comedians and, and, and people in that world. And so I've discovered, hey, what can I learn from those people? I read uh, Brian Cranston's book, which was really fascinating just to learn about how he got into acting and what his life was like and the, how he made decisions and the way that he was so fierce and trying to get into, uh, into acting. It's so fun to just hear the stories that people share about their lives. And so I, I, I'm really thinking about what books I really want to read. So I'm excited to hear from you all about some of the books that you've read this year that has made um, an impact in your life. And I wanted to share 10 books that, that have made an impact on my life this year that I read um, and, and then hopefully kind of curate this list of, of books that, that moving into next year, um, you know, we can, we can start reading. And I'm, I'm really excited to do that. I used to run a room here on Clubhouse called Books That Changed Your Life. And it was so much fun because people would come into the room and uh, everyone shared a book that has made an impact in their life. And it was really wonderful because we're all, we all come from very different backgrounds. It's one of the reasons why I love Breakfast with Champions is because here we are on the stage and people from all different walks of life, all different backgrounds, all different interests. And so for everyone to be able to kind of share what really resonated with them um, is really cool which I, I, I really loved. I loved running that room. And so I thought, hey, you know, that is something that we can incorporate here into some of my segments on Breakfast of Champions is really to get back into, hey, what books are you reading that, are, that, are, that you're really loving, that are interesting, that maybe we, we don't see on the, you know, on the bestseller list. Maybe there's these kind of obscure books that you love that you're like, I can't believe more people don't know about this book. And I want to be the one that sh to share that. So in fact, we used to, in the room, get, it would so, we, we would get so excited because I was, curating this list of books that everybody would come to the table with. And uh, it was kind of a joke, the people that would come to the room, we had a lot of the similar people that would come every week and everybody would get excited to share a book that wasn't yet on the list. Like, can they come to the table with a new book that no one's ever heard of? And when that happened, uh, we all got excited. And so um, I actually still have that list of books. I think we had, oh my gosh, we had over 200 books. I forget how many that we actually ended up with, but um, the list is still in the link in my bio over on Instagram. I was updating it every single week when we had this room. But anyway, I'm excited. I want to talk about books today and just share a little bit of a couple of books that that really resonated with me this year. And then I want to open it up to uh, to you to hear what book has made an impact in your life this year. All right. So the first book that I wanted to share was The Art or is The Art of Noticing by Rob Walker. And it's 131 ways to spark creativity, find inspiration, and discover joy in the everyday, which I just love this book for so many reasons. Um, the cool part about this book is that he actually shares exercises to help you notice things differently because we can go about our days and, you know, we drive to work in the same way. We do the same things. You know, we're kind of on autopilot. And we forget to kind of notice the world around us because we just kind of do the same thing. It's like, you know, have you ever heard someone say, take a different route to work? Or I don't know about you, but when your phone, when you get into your phone and, and, and if your phone says something like, um, it's kind of giving you the directions or, hey, two minutes from, X, from the gym or whatever. And I'm like, listen, phone. I get it. You know that I'm going to the gym because you know my schedule because I do the same thing over and over because we're such creatures of habit. So I find it so funny. Uh, but when we are intentional about noticing different things in our lives, it just expands our world. And so in the book, he shares this quote from economist Herb Simon, and it says, a wealth of information creates a poverty of attention. And that was, again, the economist Herb Simon, Simon and he, he shared that in 1971. Can you imagine that? 1971, a wealth of information creates a poverty of attention. That was back in 1971, before we had TikTok and Instagram and YouTube and all of these phones. sites. Excuse me, what, Alexander? Even phones. Like before oh. we had like all the information at our fingertips, we can Google. That is such a powerful quote. Yeah, I know. That's, I was like, oh my gosh. And, it, and it, so it, it's almost like, you wonder, like, even back then, right, like, we found all these things to help us kind of be distracted. And then in the book, it says, a typical smartphone uh, user checks their device. Guess how many times? Who wants to guess? 
if a smartphone user checks their device, how many times a day? 500. <laughs> Whoa, that's a lot. 50. 50. Okay. 50, 100. All right. Yeah. 150 times a day. Every six minutes. Every six minutes we're looking at our phone. And touches, swipes, or taps. It, uh, we, we touch it, swipe it, or tap it more than 2,500 times a day. What? That's so insane. Especially if you're here in Clubhouse, you're like, tap. Ooh, Alexander's <laughs> tapping even more. <laughs> we can't do that with all the claps. Um, so what are you focusing on every day? How can you be more intentional about creating a day that keeps you focused on your goals? Like truly, truly focused. So in the book, like I said, he shares these exercises to help you start noticing. And what's really cool is he even gives you kind of this like key where he says, hey, there's these exercises. You don't have to follow the book kind of page by page. You can kind of look and see. He's, he gives you different exercises. Some are really easy and some are more advanced. And the first one that he talks about is going on a scavenger hunt. How can you go on a scavenger hunt? Um, he shares this quote by Michelle Dean, paying attention is the only thing that guarantees insight. It is the only real weapon we have against power too. You can't fight things you can't actually see. So he tells you to go on this scavenger hunt and look for things that you normally wouldn't look for. So for example, he says, watch for security cameras. Like he did this thing where he was going out into the world and he was looking to see how many security cameras he could find uh, wherever where he went. So he was just like counting them. So now that puts you in this state of like looking for something that you normally wouldn't look for. It changes your mind. It shifts your mind. It shifts the way that you kind of are going about your day. So he says, watch for security cameras, abandoned pay phones, neighborhood watch signs, um, locksmith stickers, abandoned bike locks, hand painted signs, cell phone towers. So now I guarantee as you guys are going about your day, you're going to notice one of these random things that you're like, oh my gosh, I never even realized that was there. So I love this book. It's really cool. I love the fact that he has exercises and uh, I definitely recommend checking it out. The Art of Noticing, 131 Ways to Spark Creativity, Find Inspiration and Discover Joy in the Everyday by Rob Walker. Number two, okay, number two, and I'm going to go quick on this so we can have lots of time to share. Number two is Breath by James Nestor. Oh my gosh, you guys, this book is amazing. I absolutely love it. It has totally changed the way that I breathe, which sounds so weird. But um, And he says, no matter what you eat, how much you exercise, how skinny or young or wise you are, none of it matters if you're not breathing properly. So most people aren't breathing right. I had no idea. I had no idea that people weren't breathing right, but this book helps you understand how to breathe. So most people are mouth breathers. Most people are breathing every day through their mouth, which is kind of exhausting on the body and it's not helpful. So he talks about how to breathe through your nose and how to, uh, he talks about how to kind of maintain your breath. And I don't know if any of you have heard of the whole Wim Hof method, like Wim Hof and the ice baths and all that stuff. But he goes into a little bit of that because some of the exercises that he shares at the end of the book are breathing exercises to really help you. And he, they talk so much in this book about how it's helped certain autoimmune disorders, how it's helped anxiety and stress, and how we can do this throughout our day every day. Now, I'm sure some of you are like, yeah, duh, that makes sense, right? Like we're taught, we're taught or told to meditate. We're told to do yoga and all this stuff. But what's cool is that the exercises he gives you, you can do throughout your day. So a few months ago, I started doing some of these exercises. Some of them I've learned in the past. Some of them were new to me. But what was really cool is that I started noticing, I started noticing things happening in my thinking in my mood, especially if I, you know, if I got off a call that got me frustrated or if I was feeling anxious or overwhelmed with so much to do, I would do these breathing exercises and oh my gosh, changed my day. And now I just do them in the morning, on my way to the car, in the shower. And next year, what's one of the things on my dream board is to do one of those Wim Hof um, workshops because I'm going to do one of those ice baths with which completely freaks me out. But I think it would be amazing. And I started doing uh, cold showers in the morning, which 
actually I do not love at all, but it does. It has helped my day. I don't know. Does anyone here do cold showers or do the ice bath? Has anyone done that experience? Okay, I so want to go to a Wim Hof retreat and jump in the ice cold glacier water. I'm totally in. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna. I will tell you when I when it's said, and if we can go, if you if we could go together, let's do yes. it because that would be amazing. Yes, but I was watching Mel Robbins do her ice bath the other day, and I was like, that just really doesn't look fun. <laughs> I want to try cryotherapy first, maybe. Oh yeah, I've done the cryotherapy. It's not that. It's pretty cold. I will have to say, but it's not. I don't know. I guess it is kind of that as like bad, bone chilling. <laughs> it's real. It, at first, you're like, oh no, this isn't that bad, and then all of a sudden, you're like, oh. Um, and then it's over and then it's over and like then it, it's it goes over. yeah it, like, like they talk to you the whole time no die. they talk <laughs> they talk to you the whole time and they like they distract you and then when right when you're like okay this is uncomfortable they're like you're done let's go put your robe back on it's amazing yeah and then um the ice bath so they tell you to kind of ease into it you can do the you can start doing the cold showers which i started doing in the morning and honestly, I have to mentally prepare for these cold showers because I do not like cold at all. I live in Florida. I don't like cold weather, period. So <laughs> that's right, Alexander. We know it's we it's I do not like the cold weather. And so for me, this ice shower it, or this this cold shower is not fun. And listen, the cold shower is not even that cold compared to an ice bath. But at least it I mean, I feel like it does something. But I do the breathing exercises while I'm in the shower to help me mentally not focus on the fact that I'm cold, but to focus on the fact that this is good for my body. This is, I mean, Hey, is it, who knows? People can question it all day long, but I hear it's good. So I'm trying it out. I even did it. I was actually doing it during uh, Nate's uh, 100 day challenge or 30 day challenge. Um, well, he's doing a hundred day challenge. I was like, I'm going to do this for 30 days and just kind of go from there um, just to give myself that challenge. And I have to tell you yesterday, I did not feel like doing it at all but because i'm in this challenge i was like well i don't want to report back that i missed one day out of this 30 days and so i made myself do it and it was not fun but hey it was cool to do so anyway all right that's like a whole other room conversation but i'll let everybody know when i'm gonna do one of those uh those experiences next year and if anyone else wants to come with us uh that would be amazing because it'd be so fun to do it with some breakfast of champions crew all right book number three this book, I don't know if any of you know of Derek Sivers, but he is a really cool dude. He is, um, he's a, well, he's kind of a former, uh, I don't know if he's still an entrepreneur. I guess he's an, an entrepreneur and he, an, and a musician. And he's best known for starting CD Baby, which he started accidentally in 1997 after the, uh, after he got a lot of requests from independent musicians for him to sell their CDs on his website. And then CD Baby became the largest seller of independent music on the web with over $100 million in sales for over 150,000 musician clients, which was so cool. And that was back in uh, 2008, Sivers actually sold CD Baby. So he sold CD Baby and then he went off and he moved to New Zealand and he just kind of creates content and he helps musicians and artists and he's just a really cool guy. So he wrote this book called How to Live, 27 Conflicting Answers and One Weird Conclusion, which that's just kind of like the perfect title for him because this is like, that's like his jam. And I just want to share, uh, I won't go into, I mean, really just the book is just interesting. He, if you know anything about him, he just has an interesting mind. And so it just kind of all these little passages make you think. It almost reminds me of the war of art a little bit because you can just open it up and there's just uh, different sections that just have what some of them are one page some of them are two pages some of them are kind of just like a few paragraphs and it says here's how to live value only what has endured the longer something lasts the longer it will probably last something that's been around for a year will probably be around for another year something that's been around for 50 years will probably be around for another 50 years only the strong survive so what's still here after decades is proven to be well made and well loved the longer something lasts, the more people know and depend on it, solidify its place in our world. Only these proven things are worth your time and attention. Think back to 10 years ago. Remember the technologies that the media were hyping as future? How many lasted? It's hard to remember because, so, because we haven't heard of most of them since. They didn't stand the test of time. 
old technologies aren't ex exciting because they aren't changing as fast, but they're more important. Cryptocurrency versus water filtration, virtual reality versus air conditioning, which gets more media attention, which is more important. So that's just one of the sections. Uh, it's a really interesting book, How to Live by Derek Sivers. Uh, number four, Existential Kink by Carolyn Elliott, PhD. Existential Kink. All right, guys, this book, I don't know. I'm not going to go too into it because I feel like some of the... Uh... Hey, listeners. If you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you want to know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, Five Simple Steps to an Extraordinary Morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. Uh, ideas might be a little bit, um, and I don't know, I don't want to, it's just a book. I'm just the messenger. But uh, she, it says, it's a smart, sexy guide to embracing the repressed, tabooed, and often unwanted aspects of, our, of ourselves so we can discover our inner power and finally live the life we deserve. And one of the quotes in the book, she says, we always get exactly what we want, but often, though we may not be aware of it, what we, what we most want is dark, very dark. So basically, the whole concept of the book is whatever you have in your life, you've attracted. Whatever you have in your life, in some way, you you want. Which was kind of interesting because I have heard uh, when I first went to uh, a Tony Robbins seminar, I did. He has this whole section where he basically says, if there's something in your life, if you are um, upset about something, or if you are living um, in he basically says you attract everything. Like there's a reason why you have certain things in your life because you're getting something out of it. Like if you're, I don't know, I don't want to go into to, to all the, all the different things, but like, basically like, you know, if you keep showing up and you're, you're not, you're not able to make any money, or if you are upset about your life, if you're always complaining because you're single or anything like that, like you're attracting that for whatever reason, like you're getting something out of those feelings. And so we have to kind of lean into that. And only by leaning into that can we change it. And so really fascinating book. She gives you these exercises on kind of how to get out of it, how to really recognize how you might be kind of, I mean, really, it's kind of self-sabotage. So she goes into these exercises, but really interesting book. I love the idea she shared. She talks, she shares a lot of kind of her clients' journeys, which was interesting. And I think that that there were certain people that she shared that I was like, oh yeah, I kind of see myself in some of those examples, which I really appreciate in a book. Um, so that was Existential Kink by Carolyn Elliott, PhD. Number five, Soundtracks by John Acuff. Do you guys overthink? Flash your mic if you overthink. Flash your mic if you're an overthinker, if you overthink a little bit too much. Yep, we are... We are overthinkers sometimes. It is not good, but we do it. Um, this book is amazing for all of us overthinkers. He helps you to stop negative thinking patterns uh, through a bunch of different exercises. But one of the things that he talks about, which I think this is so awesome, and you guys can use this starting today, when you find yourself overthinking, especially if you're overthinking the same things and they're kind of these negative thoughts, because we all have soundtracks in our minds. This is what he talks about. We all play the same thing over and over and over. We have all of these thoughts in our mind and so many of those thoughts are similar, right? Like how many times have you recognized that you're like, oh my God, I literally just had this. You just keep having these same thoughts over and over and over. And a lot of them are not helpful. So he says, if you are overthinking, you have to stop those negative patterns by asking yourself these three things. Number one, is it true? Number two, is it kind? Number three, is it helpful? So we need to create new soundtracks in our minds that actually support us, that actually help us, that actually push us forward. He also talks about how you can use an item or an image as a symbol to remind you of your new soundtrack. So once you've kind of shifted your soundtracks and you have this like new soundtrack that you're gonna be playing in your mind that's, that's more supportive of you and helpful and talking about, you know, like Alexander talks about, you know, I love you just because Oh my gosh, could you imagine if every single day you say to yourself, I love you just because, not just to everyone else, but I love you just because, you, to you. So he talks about using an image. So it could be, 
a rock, a stone, a paperclip, something that you keep on you at all times so that if you're getting into that those negative thought process or patterns, you can like rub that stone or, 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 uh, or use that paperclip or whatever it is. And it reminds you to go back to those positive soundtracks. So that's- soundtrack. Can you say the title again? Soundtrack. Oh yeah, Soundtrack by John Acuff. Um, number six, Fanatical Prospecting by Jeb Blount. Blount, I don't know if I'm saying that. Blount, B-L-O-U-N-T. So Fanatical Prospecting. All right, this book is awesome if you are looking for more sales, if you manage a sales team, this is gonna help you get to the bottom of your sales process. It is so awesome. This book is really cool because what it does is it highlights and shows you how so many salespeople are doing things wrong. And so one of the stories that he talks about in the book was that most, uh, he talked about this salesperson and, he, and they were like, I'm not getting these sales and I'm calling so many different people every single day. I call so many people. And his boss was like, all right, well, how many people? And when he, when he actually, this guy started discovering, like all of his salespeople were like, I'm so busy, I'm so busy, I'm so busy. But when they really started tracking the sales calls, these people thought they were making like 100 calls a day, when in reality, they were making like 30. So obviously, there's a disconnect. And so this just goes to show you how important it is for us to like truly start tracking things, especially when it comes to sales. When it comes to sales, it's the easiest thing to track. You call X amount of people and they t and it takes this many calls to get to this many appointments, to get to this many proposals, to, to get to this many sales. And so it's really easy to start tracking these things in a CRM. And so fanatical prospecting, because we all should be prospecting all the time, fanatical prospecting gives you these simple tools to help you shift your mind to not only kind of analyze the sales process that you have right now, but also help you kind of put some things in place that are going to help you with those sales. So that was, uh, that's a really great book, Fanatical Prospecting by Jeb, uh, by Jeb Blount. Um, number seven, Scrum, The Art of Doing Twice the Work in Half the Time by JJ, uh, JJ Sutherland and Jeff Sutherland. So this is another great book for leaders. If you lead a team or you run a company, this book is amazing because he shares some really interesting ideas to help you get more done in less time. And he talks about how so often we think we need more people to get more done, right? Like we need more staff, we need more people, more, more, more. But really, we actually can do so much with less. Less people means like we're all focused on the right thing. We're all focused doing the right work. And then we can kind of expand. So the one, the one sentence that I thought about like after I finished reading this book is just MVP, minimum viable product. That's what I thought because that's what he's really showing you in this book is like how can you do the least, the least amount of work to get the most amount of impact in your business. Anyway, he shares a lot of really incredible stories. He talks about how, you know, so many people in organizations, the more the more people that are in organizations, what happens is you start to see kind of disconnects happen because there's so many different people. And sometimes people don't speak up when they're seeing a challenge, when they're seeing something go wrong. And that's why some of these bigger organizations, there's, they have a lot of communication issues and they have a lot of team issues and they have a lot of challenges and problems because people aren't actually speaking up when they, say so, when they see something going wrong. And so anyway, this is a really great book for leaders. I definitely recommend it if you're trying to kind of tighten up your team and I recommend your entire team reading it um, as you go to really help you. Number eight. All right, I have three more and then we're going to open it up. So I hope you're all thinking about some books that you want to share, something that you've read this year that has really made an impact in your life. Number eight, Think Again by Adam Grant. I am a huge fan of Adam Grant. He has also written the book, uh, the book's originals and Give and Take. And then with Sheryl Sandberg, he wrote Plan B. Just a phenomenal, phenomenal guy. And uh, in this book, he examines the critical art of rethinking. So it's learning to question your opinions and other people's and other people's minds, which can position you for excellence at work. So this book is really about the value of rethinking. And if you can master that art, you'll be in a position for success at work and then also in life. 
You know, thinking again can help you generate new solutions to old problems and revisit old solutions to new problems. And so this book just helps us understand how easy it is for us to kind of stay in our own lane and not kind of expand and be open to these other ideas and be open to rethinking some things that maybe we thought in the past. So it kind of goes back to the first book that I mentioned, The Art of Noticing, right? Like when we start noticing more things in our life, we're able to start to rethink because we're like, oh, wait a second, maybe I've gotten this a little bit wrong and I can rethink something that I once believed to be true if we're actually open to kind of seeing it in a new way. All right, number nine, The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. All right, this book, I've, I've mentioned it before. I feel like I can never not mention this if I'm talking about a book of uh, a list of books to read because it is this book that I just think is incredible for everyone to read. It's one of those books that you can keep on your desk and especially if you're ever feeling imposter syndrome, if you're overthinking, if you feel like you just need a boost of inspiration, this book by Stephen Pressfield, The War of Art, the subtitle is Break Through the Blocks and Win Your Inner Creative Battles. So we're all creatives. We're all creating something. You're creating a business. You're creating content. You're creating uh, conversations with your teams, with your loved ones. And this book, it just helps us, although it's mostly written for artists and writers, and, and Stephen Pressfield is an author, I believe that every single person can master this. And really the whole book, he talks about how uh, this idea of the prof uh, professional versus the amateur. And we talk about this a lot in this room, like professionals show up, professionals do the work. And so one of the, one of the ideas in the book, he says, uh, the professional acts in the face of fear. The amateur believes he must first overcome his fear, then he can do his work. The professional knows that fear can never be overcome. He knows there is no such thing as a fearless warrior or a dread-free artist. And so I love that because we show up in the fear and that's okay. The war of art. All right, and number 10, Radical Candor by Kim Scott. Guys, this book, this book, I don't know if, uh, oh, I don't think TM's here anymore, but this book is so incredible for leaders. So Kim is a former CEO coach at Dropbox and Twitter and an, an executive at Google and Apple. And she just draws from years of experience in Silicon Valley to provide clear and honest guidance on leadership to transform your relationship at work. And oh my goodness, she shares some incredible stories. She used to work for Sheryl Sandberg. And the one thing that I'll share is that she did this presentation at Google and uh, she did this presentation and it went well. She uh, she thought she did a great job and they left the meeting and it was, by all account, it was good. And it was actually to, uh, she did the, she was talking about uh, Google's AdSense business to Larry Page and Sergey uh, Brin and Eric Schmidt. Could you imagine like that's a beast of a presentation to give? And she walked away feeling like this was great. So Sheryl Sandberg took her on a walk and she was, and she said, and she was all excited because she the meeting went well and they were super impressed. And she said, hey, listen, I just want to give you some feedback. You said, um, a lot during that presentation. And Kim was just like, oh, okay, you know, no big deal. I, I know I do that, kind of just blowing it off. And so Cheryl kind of said again, like, okay, well, you need to, maybe you should get a coach or something. And she's like, well, you know, whatever. She kind of blew it off. And so Cheryl decided, she's like, all right, obviously Kim is not taking this seriously. So Cheryl said, hey, listen, you said um a lot of times. And when you do that, you sound stupid. So she basically called her out for sounding stupid in this meeting. And finally, Kim was like, whoa. And so it was this radical candor that Cheryl did out of love because she wants Kim to be her very best. But she's like, I can't sit and watch my team member this person that I'm coaching, go into other meetings sounding like that. I need her to get better. And so they hired a coach to help her with her presentation skills. And I thought this is such a great book because throughout the book, she shares about these lessons that we can all, uh, that we can all do for our team to showcase, hey, what are you noticing in your team members? What are you noticing about people that be a little bit candid with them but again, coming from a place of love, but also from a place of, hey, I want you to grow. I want you to get better because that's what we're here for. If you're a leader, if you run a team, if you lead a team, 
that is your number one role is to grow your people. And so to be able to come from this place of can't being super candid, knowing, having, ma making sure they know that it comes from a place of love is so powerful. And sometimes we just have to get that candid with people in order for them to really want to make that shift and change or, or in order for them to really see what they might not see in the work that they're doing and how they can get better. Because we can all get better. And so I love this book. And I just had to put on the list because it's one of those books. I think I need to read it again. Actually, there's a few of these books that I need to read again. Um, so those are the 10 books that I wanted to share with you today. Some of them, um, you know, The Art of War, I read really every year. I always just have it on my desk. But these were some of the books that I read this year that I thought were really helpful, that really has made an impact in my life. And I wanted to share them with you. And so I hope that you are able to take some of these, um, read them. I would love to hear if you do enjoy them. Let me know. Um, and I do want to leave the rest of the time because I know all of you are readers as well. And I would love to hear some of the books that you've read this year and maybe just kind of like one point as to why you really liked it. Something that we can kind of take away from today as we move into the new year. So uh, please flash your mic and let me know who wants to share a book that has made an impact in their life. Dora Maria, I see you and then Kim and then Brian. Awesome. Thank you so much. Kate, this was amazing. <laughs> I just love your segments, especially when it's about books. Um, I'm just going to limit myself to one book because I am a book a person. But Pivot by Adam Markle, um, it's been something that has been really just very timely, right? In a nutshell, he talks about pivoting and that it's a process, not a plan. So the three main things he highlights is clarity, momentum, and inspired action. And I actually have put my segments around each one of those so that it was just, wow, what a game plan blueprint of how to set yourself up for success, right? Um, and pivoting, because this is what this pandemic has done to a lot of us. We have to learn to pivot in a way to kind of make our year happen despite what's happening around us, right? So with that, I'll give you back the mic, thanks. Awesome. Thanks, Dora Maria. So Pivot, and that's by who? Adam? Adam Markle. Oh, who is that by, Dora Maria? Adam Markle, M-A-R-K-E-L. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. All right, Kim, and then Brian. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I love your book recommendations. I've sat in my Audible account and added them all to cart while you've been sharing. So thank you so much for that. Um, so my favorite book that I read this last year, and I listened to it, I didn't read it, is Hustle Harder, Hustle Smarter by Curtis 50 Cent Jackson. It is so good. It's his autobiography, but he does it in a way of giving advice. He very much is along those lines of what you said earlier today, that if you have it in your life, you created it. And um, he's a no <clears throat> excuse maker guy. What's so cool about this is my husband and I listened to it separately. We both decided to listen to it while we were driving. And then on our morning walks, we would discuss it. And our perspectives were completely different. And we took something from it. So it's a really fun book to do with somebody else. Love your list. Thank you for sharing. Oh, thanks, Kim. And I love that idea. I love that idea of reading a book with someone else and then seeing what they took out of it versus what you took out of it. It's always fascinating to me how you can do that with a book. It's kind of like when you read a book one year and then you read it the next year and you're like, oh my gosh, I've highlighted all these things, but how come I didn't highlight these things? You start to notice things a little bit differently. So that's really cool. I'm going to do that with, um, with some people in my life. So I appreciate that. Um, all right, Brian. Well, I love this segment, and I, I, I love reading. And you, know, you talk about husband and wife sharing. My wife uh, doesn't share books with me, and we don't, we don't, we don't share books uh, at all. And recently she purchased two books for me. And I, I have a queue, a stack of books that I uh, am reading, and, but I thumbed through the, these two books. One was uh, by, they're both by Robin Sharma. Uh, one was The 5 a.m. Club. Uh, own your morning, elevate your life. And I thought, wow, that is fantastic as I'm skimming through it. And so I moved it up in the queue and I read the book and I'm like, how the hell did my wife know the right this right book at the right time? And I'm an early riser, but this the, I thought the book was phenomenal. And the second book, which is the one that I would put first, 
uh, is the Everyday Hero Manifesto by Robin Sharma. Anybody uh, that's looking for a blueprint to how to max maximize your effectiveness from your business to your health to your soul to your mind, I think it's a, a must book. It's uh, the Everyday Hero Manifesto by a gentleman named Robin Sharma. And it's just such a gift. I don't know how the heck my wife knew the right books at the right time. Uh, you know, so I guess she's been paying attention to me all these years because she absolutely nailed it. And these books nail it. Oh, that's so cool. I'm writing. I've never heard of the Everyday Hero Manifesto. That just sounds the, the, like a cool title. The, the guy is a champion. He's a, he's a, he's a number one worldwide bestseller. Uh, that I, that was completely off of my radar. So there I go again, thinking I know what the heck I'm doing. Just a quick story. I, uh, Joan Gideon, uh, Didion just died recently. And I was at the, uh, the St. Regis Hotel having a cocktail one day, and two women saw I was reading a book. And the woman said, do you know Joan Didion? And I said, uh, no, I don't. And she said to me in that very Upper East Side Manhattan way, you're not much of a reader, are you? And I said, well, actually, I am. I just, you know, I'm just not familiar with that, that author. And I happened to read, uh, pick up a couple of books uh, of hers, and unfortunately she just passed. But she, um, she had the, uh, a, a book that uh, was a year of magical thinking, and it was a year after she lost her husband. And I thought that it was, it's not normal type of reading that I, that I go through, but any of us who have experienced the loss of somebody else might benefit from that book, uh, The Year of Magical Thinking. And Kate, thank you very much for the segment. appreciate it. Oh, well, thanks, Brian. And I love that you shared Joan Didion. Um, the Year of Magical Thinking is a beautiful book and also the White Album. So that's so funny that you said that because I have a friend of mine who is an artist and a reader and he's just kind of more in the creative space. And so he's gotten me more into reading a lot of poetry and reading a lot of different books that I normally wouldn't read. And Joan Didion was one of those people. And this was like a year and a half ago. And so I thought the same thing. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm such a reader, but I was so stuck in this just this personal development phase and kind of reading a lot of the same books that everyone was reading. And so that's why I love being able to ask people like, what are you reading? Because everyone has different perspectives and everyone's reading different things. And I want to pick up books that I normally wouldn't pick up. I want to pick up books that I'm kind of like, I don't want to read that, you know, like I read um, the bell jar a couple years ago and that became one of my favorite books. Oh my, one of my very favorite poems ever is from that book and it's important for us you know I always used to be like I only read nonfiction, and and I still do an extent to kind of say that because I'm always looking to grow and learn but there's so much we can learn from reading fiction or going outside of our comfort zone or, or reading things that we normally wouldn't read that kind of gets us a little bit uncomfortable so um, Alexander I see you flashing over there do you have something you want to add Agreeing 100% with everything you're saying I and I, I just posted this in the back channel to the mods I read fiction i listen to self-development i don't know why i've always that's just kind of have to do it but uh reading for me when i read fiction it's like the one thing that takes me out of this world but reading as a child is what made me curious and it made me love learning and it, i can remember pretty young reading lord of the rings and they use the word save for instead of using the word accept you know, and it sounds so stupid, such a silly old English way of saying things, but I remember thinking, oh, I can find how to speak even better through reading. And so I love this segment. I will share a book that I had never read before, and I came across, thanks to Nate here on Clubhouse, that has been one of the most impactful books this year, and it's the book by Og Mandino, The Greatest Salesman in the World. And what I love about it is that it's the greatest sales book ever written, but it feels like you're reading fiction. If you're reading a story, you're learning of these nine scrolls and they're all impactful and they can teach you something that you can actually apply to so many different aspects of life. So great segment. That's my share. Love you, friend. I uh, love you too. And I love that share. That is such a great book. And um I'm writing all these down. All right, awesome. I'm going to go down to, I'm going to make, okay, flash your mic if you want to share a book. I'm going to go down the stage because I know we're kind of, oh, I see David flashing and we'll go with a Val. And then Patricia, we got to do Patricia. <laughs> David, Val, Patricia. Hey, Kate. Uh, thanks, uh, thanks, Kate. Always love your segments. And 
a book that changed my life years ago, and it's kind of reminded me to get a refresher, is a book by uh, Dale Carnegie, and it's, it's not the one we all know, How to Win Friends and Influence People. It's a book called How to Stop Worrying and Start Living. It is like, I swear, it's, it's, a, it's a must read. It's like, it's like Dale Carnegie's other book, How to Win Friends and Influence People, that's certainly a must read. But this book will, you know, it's, it's about all those, those things in life that never happen, that we're always projecting or worrying about, or, you know, the things we bring with us through, from our childhood that, you know, just, it's, it's just one of those books. It's called How to, maybe not, I don't know, maybe some people don't need that, but for me, I needed that, and everybody I've shared it with throughout, I've read that book 15 years ago. Everybody I've shared it with has thanked me. So it's called How to Stop Worrying and Start Living by Dale Carnegie. Oh, awesome, David. I just like the title. That's one thing I love about titles of books. Sometimes you're just like, you just read the title and you get something out of it. So um, awesome. Thank you so much, David. I appreciate that. Um, all right, Val and then Patricia. Good morning, Kate. Thank you so much. What awesome recommendations. Um, so I have a book. I don't know if anybody's ever read it. I'm really trying to get into like different books that I've never heard of or read before. This one is called, you can get what you want if you find it within you. And it is by Robert A. Russell. And he pretty much incorporate, it may not be for everybody, but he incorporates faith and God into everyday living. Um, he tells you how the unconscious mind is really is about your lower self and your spiritual divine mind is more about your conscious mind, your higher self. And I think that's why, you know, like repetition, journaling, auto-suggestion is so good for, you know, our subconscious mind. He goes through, you know, he talks about, um, you know, you go through something um, because, you, you know, he says you'll you may go through something because you'll get what you want or something even better that you're not even expecting and discusses attitude, your positive versus your negative attitude. Um, and really why we can't ever run from our problems because we can never run from ourselves. So it's, it was a fascinating book, but incorporates faith. So it was, I didn't even know if I was going to like it, but it really, I loved it. So I, I hope some of you really find it intriguing. And he's got some other popular ones too. Uh, you too can be prosperous. And also God works through silence. I haven't read those yet, but um, I, I found the book very intriguing. It was called, You Can Get What You Want If You Find It Within You. And the author is Robert A. Russell. Awesome. Thank you, Val. I love that. And don't you love when you pick up a book and you're like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to like this. And then all of a sudden, you really like it. That is yes. the best. I, I love, love it. it. I love it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you for sharing. Uh, Patricia, and then I see Dr. Laura. Good morning, Kate. Good morning, everyone. Of course, this is my favorite topic. <laughs> and I wanted to piggyback off of what Brian said, because the 5 a.m. club with Robin Sharma is absolutely amazing. I've read that book three times. My husband's reading it for the second time now. And what's interesting about it is Robin's very first book was The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari. And Robin in real life was a very high-powered, very successful corporate attorney who looked around and he had the houses, he had the cars, he had the family, he had the success, and he wasn't happy. In fact, all of his relationships, his health, everything was a disaster. And so he went on this personal journey and he actually wrote the monk who sold his Ferrari and printed it off at like a Kinko's and it, it was a disaster until he got it into the right hands and it sold millions and millions of copies of that book and it's written as a parable and it really kind of parallels his personal journey to personal development. And what's ironic is once he started focusing on his own personal development, his own health, his own mental, his relationships, all of those things. He's actually more successful now than he ever was with, as an attorney. And he is hired by some of the biggest Fortune 500. Um, 
you know, CEOs to help them sort of bring some sort of healthy balance to their lives. And if anyone is interested in digging into him, Lewis Howe did an interview with Robin Sharma um, a few years ago, which is how I discovered him, which kind of summarizes his whole philosophy philosophy of this healthy living, but also what Brian was saying, this, um, it's not a hustle, but it's, it, it really helps you maximize your time when you're working um, so you can develop your relationships and enjoy them. So I really urge people, I mean, this room is, the people who enjoy this room would absolutely love Robin Sharma's stuff. And if you want kind of an introduction, you're just getting started, I would start with The Monk Who Sold's Ferrari. Uh, 5 a.m. Club is pretty intense. Um, then I would go there. And then also what Brian said, that manifesto is kind of a summary of all of his different personal, professional, and health kind of mantras. So I can't say enough about Robin Sharma. It's an ex excellent books to start off the new year. Awesome. Thanks, Patricia. And um, can you guys flash your mics if you um, want to write a book or if you're writing a book? Get some mic flashes. Let's see. Who's writing a book? Who wants to write a book? Oh, Jackie and Agni and Linnell and Kim and Coco. Ooh, lots of people are writing books. And Danny and Dr. Laura. Amazing. So, yeah, if you're writing a book, you want to know Patricia, and you definitely want to be part of her segments because that is her jam. That is what she does. Helps people write books. She actually um, – Patricia, your book just came out, correct? Yeah, it came out, I think it was last week. I don't know, Christmas kind of screwed things up. But yeah, it's called The Right Plan, and it's how to write and publish a book that creates an impact on your audience and your business. So it's up on Amazon. Amazing. So, so awesome. Um, all right, we have a couple minutes left. Dr. Laura, we will go to you. Well, the one I'm reading is by Leo Bustalia, called Personhood, The Art of Being Fully Human. It's not current. It looks like it's from the early 80s, and it's a book on the triumphant and refreshing journey through hearts mind by one of today's inspired. He's just so full of love, and I'll just read one quote, and then I'll drop my mic. If life's meaning is to be discovered, it is intrinsic in each stage as we assume the challenge of actualizing every moment of every day as we live it. Love this book. Be more of who you are. Thanks for letting me share it, Dr. Laura. Oh, Dr. Laura, thank you so much for sharing. And I know, oh my gosh, I feel like we could go on and on and on. I know that everyone loves to share books. This is just like such a, I always appreciate this, uh, this, this room because people, again, books change our lives. There's so many books that people were sharing that I've never heard of, or I, and I hope that you're taking away something that you've never heard of that you can kind of bring into new, to your new year as you figure out what it is that you want to learn, what areas you really want to grow, and maybe, you know, challenge yourself like we've talked about over the next couple of weeks or maybe, maybe like once a month or maybe once a quarter, whatever you want to commit to doing, pick up a book or ask for a book recommendation that you normally wouldn't read in a completely different genre. If you always read nonfiction, read fiction. If you always read sci-fi, read a nonfiction personal development book and kind of see how it shifts the way that you think and it shifts the way that you kind of see the world. And so I really love that. And so thank you to thank you so much for all of you, for, for sharing every single one of you, for being in the room, for sharing our the books that made an impact in our life. I, like I said, when I used to do that room, I actually curated this list. So I wrote down all the books that people just shared with me, obviously have the list that I shared as well. So I'm going to add those books to that huge list that we have with, with, which is over 250 books. Um, so there's gotta be something in there that you want to, that you want to be reading over the next couple of months. So, um, I'm going to put that and update it on the link in my bio. Hey, and Kate. also, Yeah. I want to get that on the breakfastwithchampions.live blog for the new year. Oh, what do you yes. think about that? Th that is the yes, best idea. Please. I didn't even think of that. So I'm going to update the list. I will give you the link, Sarah. We'll put it up on the website so it's always available. And then anytime we do a room like this where we're kind of sharing the books, I will update that list. And then we'll always have this kind of curated list of all the books. So, hey, we can always go in there. And what's cool is the Morning 5 Planner one of the things that we're going to be doing is reading books together. So we'll have this list and we can, um, and we can kind of update that as we go. So Sarah, I'll update that and I'll get that to you. 
And um, again, thank you all so much for being here. Um, again, I'm Kate Bowman. I just love my segments here. I love the opportunity to be part of Breakfast of the Champions and all of you. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.